All right, welcome to the Double Take Podcast. It's it's awesome to have you here on today's show. Terrence and I leave it all out on the field as we discuss life in West Canaan, Texas. I'm, of course, talking about the 1999 classic, Varsity Blues, starring James Vanderbeek and John Voight. If it's been a while since you've seen this movie, allow us to bring you back down memory lane. I've lost count of how many times I've seen this movie, but this time around, the double take went deeper into the making of this rewatchable movie. I think that you'll enjoy our take on it, our views. Uh, so tune in, check it out, send us your comments when you're done, and the 100th comment has a chance for a whipped cream bikini. So let's go. In America, we have laws. And it's just accepted that as a member of American society, you will live by these laws. In West Canaan, Texas, there is another society which has its own laws. We woke up in the twilight zone. West Canaan, sex and football, it's all there is. <laughs> hey, Mark, let's roll! <laughs> Autograph? Right here? I tell you, these players are just running around lawless. Oh, my boy's too much trouble for you. Oh, no, uh-huh. Coach. What the hell are you doing? Changing. Oh, come on, I'm wearing underwear. Does it really bother you? I can handle it. Tell me this insanity's over in a few weeks. Five more games, no more football, no more Kilmer, and if I get into Brown, no more West Canaan. Woo! Yeah! Come on, keep your shirt on, Billy Bob. Got <laughs> the strip club, man. I'm here to work. This better than football. This is better than anything. We do things around here my way. You're gonna be second string all your life, boy. This game is 48 minutes. For the next 48 years of your life. The hell with Gilbert. <laughs> this is your opportunity. For here. you. Playing football at West Canaan may have been the opportunity of your lifetime. But I don't want your life. You disobey me and I will bury you. I know about your scholarship to Brown. Only way we're going back out in the fields without you. Kilmer said 48 minutes. The next 48 years of our lives. I say we go out there and we'll leave it all out on the field. We got the rest of our lives to be mediocre, but we have the opportunity to play like gods. All right, well, here we are. We are the double take. I'm your host, Mark. I'm alongside my co host forever, which is going to be Terrence. Terrence, good morning, sir. How are you? Morning, Mark. I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. So, listen, today we have a high school football movie, Varsity Blues. You love this movie? I do. I, I mean, there's there's things to love. There's things to be a little <laughs> questionable about. But yeah, I, it, it's a fun movie. It's a fun time. Part of me was thinking that when you were going to come in today, you were going to do the the Twitter end zone dance. I didn't. I didn't see that. So. I think generally, as we'll talk about, if you do things that Twitter does, it's not going to work out too well for you. So I, I try not to emulate Twitter in many ways. That's, that's probably a safe play. <laughs> safe play. I'm doing research on this. You tell me if you found this too. Did you know that there's a couple things also Varsity Blues covers so do you remember the uh the college admission scandal yes i've actually got that too the operation yeah. varsity blues what they called it unbelievable Lori laughlin and usc and yeah stanford whatever was that's crazy i didn't i didn't realize they gave that scandal a name yeah you know so i started looking deeper into that and i got totally sidetracked 
And I was like, man, look at all these people that are doing this. Just shitheads. Went down the rabbit hole on that. <laughs> yeah, I totally <laughs> yeah. did. Well, this movie has nothing to do with that. It's just a clever name. Uh, the other piece of the name was the University of Toronto. Did you look at that? So, I did. That, they called their athletic program the uh, the Varsity Blues, and they even sued the studio and yeah, had yeah. some kind of settlement. Yeah. So well, there you go. So there's some fun facts that if you didn't know or didn't care, like you got that information anyway. <laughs> so there we go. For this movie here, uh, I hadn't seen it in a while. I was going back through. I watched it uh, twice before we recorded this, you know, just to get a feel for what it was. And I think what I realized was like, you know, it's 23 years later, right? So when I watched it the first time or before I, before I rewatched it now, I was excited. Like, you're like, hey, let's do Varsity Blues. I'm like, absolutely. Like, great movie, great soundtrack. Like, I'm ready for this. And I'll tell you what, like, I still enjoyed it. There are a lot of things that don't hold up in this movie. Yeah, um, You know, basically what I'm seeing now is it's just a bunch of white people fuckery. Going yeah. On this movie, right? Yeah, a there bunch really is. of degenerates, you know. There's a, a lot bunch of, of misogyny. There's a lot of mm. there's some racism stuff. There's uh some boys being boys that doesn't age too well. Yep, yep. And I feel like even some of the football scenes are a little dated. They just I don't know, like I think I'm spoiled because there's better football movies out there now that that give better action. So we're talking nineteen ninety nine. Anyways, why don't you give us a quick overview of what we're talking about here? So if you haven't seen Varsity Blues I don't know what rock you've been living under, but uh, you still have a chance. It's on, I think it's on Paramount. Paramount, right? yeah. Yeah, so you can stream it for free for now. Anyways, what's this? give me an overview. What's it about? All right, so Varsity Blues takes place in Texas where, as they tell you, football is a way of life. It's uh, a story that's been done a few times. Uh, Friday Night Lights comes to mind. There's a lot of similarities, as we'll talk about. Um, it follows this quarterback played by James Vanderbeek who gets thrust into the starring role. After the team star quarterback gets injured, uh, there's a domineering, crazy coach played by John Voigt, and the team has to try to win, but also navigate dealing with him and everything he puts them through. And uh, yeah, it's just them following through the season and uh, trying to grapple with being young, being horny, being star football players, being the most, the biggest celebrities in this town where everything revolves around football. So, did you did you play high school football? No, I, I didn't play high school football. I played some. I played some sports in high school. I played a little bit of basketball, a little bit of tennis. Uh, I played flag football after graduating college with a team for a few years. That was fun, uh, but no tackle football was never. I, I actually was born with one kidney. Didn't think I was going to be talking about that on the podcast, but <laughs> I was not really uh, able to play tackle football. So that's something I missed out on. Even though passionate about watching it, was that a requirement when you sign? You have to have two kidneys to play football. Uh, for my mom, it was, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> All right, <laughs> That wasn't enough. happening without that. I don't know if that was part of the release form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got told all the horror stories of what could happen if I took one bad hit. Even convincing her to play basketball was a tough sell, but I was able to do that. All right, well, better safe than sorry, right? Yeah. I don't think you missed out on much. For this movie, they, they had a budget of $16 million and they I think they did about $54 million at the box office. So not bad returns. Uh, this is 1999, mind you, as well. So 23 years ago. Still good money, I think. So, Mark, you do know it's 2023 right now. That would make it 24 years. Right? What? Well, okay, that's true. <laughs> uh, it, uh, you know what? Because it came out in January. I was thinking it came out at the end of the year. So, <laughs> Not to call you out on that. <laughs> well, math was never my strong suit. So there it's we all go. good. So this, uh, there was a lot of movies in 99 that were, that were pretty decent. Just the, some notables from 1999. The, the number one movie was uh, Star Wars Episode One. So Phantom Menace came out. I mean, in comparison... Four hundred and thirty million. 
that movie did. Yeah, I remember how huge. I was in high school at the time. There were people camping out for tickets. Crazy. That was the biggest thing going. Honestly, they got the the best villain in Star Wars on that. Darth Maul is my favorite, but that's me. Some other movies, uh, Sixth Sense came out. Uh, Toy Story 2, The Matrix premiered in 99. Big Daddy, just one of my favorites with Adam Sandler, right? Uh, The Mummy. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, thank you. All good movies, you know, I think. I mean, I don't know if those are the order of the top, you know, five or seven or whatever, but... Some, some pretty good movies that came out that year. And there's a, there's a bunch of them. If you look it up in 99, 99 was a pretty good year for movies. So it doesn't surprise me that this movie didn't do super great. Plus, it's a it's like an MTV production. So yeah. I think there's a there's a level there. It was a little crowded for movies of this genre, too, like kind of the high school movie. There was American Pie. There was Cruel Intentions. I yeah. think she's all that. So it, it had a lot of competition. Yeah, it definitely did. It, it was a good. It was a. It was a big era for the high school movies, which I, we'll get into that in a little bit as well. But from I think ninety five to early two thousands, there was a handful of like this age group of actors and actresses. Like anyway, so this uh, this was directed by Brian Robbins. Like he, I didn't see anything else he did. I mean, maybe Good Burger. Was good Burger. Have you seen Hardball with Keanu Reeves? Baseball movie. He's yeah. like a gambling addict. That Did I miss that? Team. He directed that? Yeah. Yeah, that movie's incredible. Oh, I, I do it. like that movie, actually. One okay. of the most randomly heartbreaking movies ever. You wouldn't think it going in like it's just going to be a kid sports movie, but it's actually pretty rough. Great movie. Definitely recommend it. Do you, I love Keanu Reeves, right? But I can't wrap my head around him. I love him as a person, and we obviously love John Wick. Like, he's a great action star, and I i don't mean this in any negative way to him, but that's how it's going to sound. Like, he's not winning any awards for acting chops. That's you know okay. What, you know what that, I mean? That's not everybody's persona on screen. That's right. okay. I mean, I watch every single one of his movies and, I'm, and I'll love them all. I'll enjoy them all. But so Hardball was no exception to that. I thought Hardball was pretty good. He just he has good delivery though. He's such a professional. It's unique. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Hardball is good. I, I missed that one with him. So that's good. All right. Other than that, I didn't, I don't know anything else that he was in. I know that when they were making this movie, they, they tried to rush it through because there were some other movies coming out. So they were trying to really push it ahead of um, some other movies that were being released either that year or the year after. So I wonder how much of that kind of messed with the production value of this. Oh, but, okay. Didn't you know. know that. But one thing, if I could butt in uh, Brian Robbins, the director, he's actually the CEO of Paramount now. Is he really? Yeah. So he, he directed <laughs> those movies and he's the CEO of Paramount and Nickelodeon, I read. So he's... uh. Moved moved on up in the world. Good for him. Good yeah, for him. he's running the show now. <laughs> nice. So, okay, this stars uh, James Vanderbeek. If you don't know who James Vanderbeek is, uh, Dawson's Creek was his claim to fame. Yep. Uh, you know he he didn't really do much else after after that or this. I mean, he's yeah. he's he's in a lot of movies. Like he's in he's got sixty five movie or TV show credits, but. He's always going to be Dawson for everybody. Oh, I mean, right. th- this is his second place, I would say, Varsity Blues. But after those two, there's a big drop off. Yeah. I, the, to me, he kind of peaked in this movie. This is his starring role that he got. Good for what it was. But I was looking through what he did after this. And he was never a, like a leading man in the, any kind of blockbuster movie yeah. beyond this one. It's almost like stunt casting when you see him. Like, there's been a couple of things I've seen. Like, oh, man, it's Dawson. It's oh, James Yeah. <laughs> He's made some TV show appearances, things like that, but nothing great. Um, I think the other, we'll say the star of this, uh, I mean, John Voight. I mean, talk about an established actor. Yeah. You know, uh, I thought it was a great choice for the coach. Just plays Definitely. a great asshole. Yeah. You know, very similar to, have you seen Anaconda? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very, kind of the same kind of slimy type of type of character. You know, not as much as Anaconda, yeah. like not a 
guy hunting a big snake, but in this movie he plays the snake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Change roles. I like John Voight though. I like him. He he's got a lot of range as an actor. You know, he's been in a lot of things that I mean, one of his bigger hits early on was probably Deliverance, right? If you've seen that, with yeah, him and Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, yeah. So that was early seventies. You know, I was just going through his list of movies where I saw him in. You know, Heat was one of them. I thought Heat was a fantastic movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, small role in that, but still Heat. So, you know, Enemy of the State. He plays the senator or congressman or whatever Oh, that's was. right, yeah. Yeah, so he's like the, we'll say the villain in Enemy of the State, which was good. Um, he played the president in Pearl Harbor. Remember okay. that? I think, so. I think I've forced myself to forget that movie. I saw yeah. that in the theaters <laughs> back in the day and quickly erased it from my memory. All right. Well, he plays the... I, I should probably know which president. The one he was in the wheelchair was that. Link? Oh, FDR, yeah, FDR. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and in that movie, he like rises out of the wheelchair, which is wildly yeah. inaccurate historically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie is so bad. We we that's won't funny. be talking about that one in a future pod. I don't think. Nice, <laughs> nice. Another one he was in that I liked a lot was uh, Holes. Oh yeah, we watched that recently with my yeah. kids. That's a fun one. That's a good movie. I like that. It's, again, kind of that slimy character, but it's a Disney, so like. You know, yeah. can't, be, can't be too slimy, but slimy enough, you know? Yeah, Shia LaBeouf is the main yeah. kid in that. Yeah, that's a yeah. good movie. That's a good, I watched, I like how that movie, um, everything ties together. I like when movies do that. Mm-hmm. It's clever, right? Uh, he was the dad in National Treasure. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a big association for me with that, because I love those movies back in the day. Yep. Although, him being the coach in this movie, like, I know he's got his prime way back when he was in Deliverance. He was in Midnight Cowboy. He won the Oscar. He's, like, prime actor. And then, like, as he aged into the... The older roles and taking on more like bit parts and character driven roles. I I never was able to shake him playing Bud Kilmer in this movie. Like he was always <laughs> right. just like asshole John Voight. Yeah. Like even like he's just like kind of an innocent Nicholas Cage's dad. He's just like a smart, well educated historical scholar and like every time I see him I'm just like ah that asshole like the way he treated James <laughs> Van I couldn't get around it yep yeah he, he's from Seinfeld the John Voight's pencil is a classic episode <laughs> oh man he, he bites uh, Kramer so yeah he, he's had a well-rounded career definitely he's yeah he's good too I like him in Transformers like kind of a smaller role there too but Secretary of Defense mm-hmm. or something like that. So plays a good government official or just any, does, anybody yeah. in a position Looks of authority. Good in a suit, you know, <laughs> yeah, <he does>. definitely. <laughs> so there you go. Like you said, established actor. He was the, I'll say the big name attached to this movie. You yeah. know, and I don't know what his money demands are at this point in his career, but in 1999, I mean, like I said, it's it fit his role. I think you know, I thought it was pretty good. So the rest of the cast for this for this movie here, Paul Walker, obviously. Uh, Rest in peace, Mr. Walker, you know. This was one of his first movies, right? Like what I didn't realize, I was when I was looking him up, he was he was in Charles in Charge and Who's the Boss? He had some TV appearances as I a I did not know that. Yeah, it's crazy. I saw some pictures and I'm like, that's Paul Walker. I'm How like, old was he? He had to be like like a kid, right? Uh that was in nineteen ninety, ninety one. So yeah, probably must have 10, been 10, 12, 12 years old yeah. in that range. Wow. Okay. You know? So pretty cool though. I thought that was a pretty cool reference. But yeah, so he comes out he does Varsity Blues. He was in She's All That. Kind of plays. I don't want to say it's the villain in that, but he's kind of the the bad high school yeah. teenager in She's All That, which was good. But then he then he kind of runs off a bunch. He does uh, the Skulls. Have you seen Skulls? That's Joshua Jackson in yeah. there, right? Yeah, a long time ago. I couldn't tell you much about like Secret yeah. Society, yeah. college. Or something. It's, yeah, it's a good movie. Like it's a you know he plays kind of the Joshua Jackson's the hero in that. So I guess he kind of plays the. So he's just getting in in 
movies with all the Dawson's Creek gang. I think Anything with yeah. Michelle Williams or Katie Holmes. <laughs> yep, yep. And I forget who the female lead in that was too. I have to go back and watch that. That's something you should check out if you haven't. Yeah, it's seen been it a long while. time. I, I've seen it, but yeah, I'll check it out again. Um, but then he, you know, gets in the Fast and the Furious, and this is really where yeah, that's what he's he makes for. his claim to fame, right? So he spins off what seven or eight of those before he passed away. Furious One, you got Too Fast, Too Furious was 03. Fast and Furious, I think, was number four. I think that you're going to give yourself a headache if you try to remember the names yeah, for each other. <laughs> it's but, totally inane the way they did. That. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, but I think the seventh one, they were filming that when he passed away, right? I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan. Like, I thought those movies. I don't want to say they went downhill since he left, right? I mean, because each one of them is more of a kind of an abomination of the previous one. <laughs> like, just with the like, and I'm going to watch them all. Don't get me yeah. wrong, right? But the amount of special effects and silly stunts they do. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They went to outer um, space in the last one. It's crazy. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> going to be so, time traveling in the next one, probably. What, like, and I don't want to spin off on that too much, but what what I don't get, right? They, they're street racers, right? They're just driving cars. And then a couple movies in, now suddenly they're weapons experts. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're being all recruited by the government. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, parkour all of a sudden? Like, what? Like, what's going on over here? So. Anyways, popcorn movies, entertaining. They yeah. are. They Paul are. Walker was kind of the soul of the movies, though, even more than Vin Diesel, I'd say. Like, I, I thought so. Yeah, and especially looking back now after knowing how things turned out for right. him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He did a couple other movies between those. Um, a lesser known one is probably Timeline, if you haven't seen that. You got a young Gerald Butler in there. Hmm, okay. Um, something like one of them is a professor, and like they end up going back in like a medieval time. Uh, you know like, what? I think I read that book. I think it's a Michael Crichton book, the, the guy that wrote Jurassic Park. Oh, really? And a bunch of other things. Yeah, but I haven't seen the movie. I didn't, know Jurassic, to I didn't know Jurassic Park was a movie. It was a book. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Shows how much I read, which isn't done. <laughs> he did Into the Blue, which uh, he did that. Uh, Scott Kahn was in that with him as well. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorites he did was Running Scared. Yep. You've seen that? So that I just watched that recently. It was a couple oh, okay. weeks ago. I put that back on. I don't know how I feel about his accent in that. He's supposed to be from Jersey, so a little off on the accent. But Well, we've got some accent issues in this oh, we movie, a lot of, too, so it's okay. Them, for sure. And then one of my favorites was uh, Eight Below. Oh, yeah, the sled dogs. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't get through that without without man crying, Yeah, if you it's will. a tough one. It's a good movie, just the same. And then uh, another gem from him towards the end of his career was Brick Mansions. Have you seen don't that? I don't know that one, no. The movie itself is not great, but he's good in it. Like, him and there's a... There's a French actor in it, and I don't know his name either, but but look up Brick Mansions when you can. It came okay. out in uh, 2014. Like, if you liked him in Fast and Furious, like the action that he brings in those, because he's got that parkour skill, Yeah, he shows it off in this more. Okay. You know what I mean? Him and the, the French guy. Like, the French guy's a parkour export, I think. I don't think he's export, expert. Well, if he's French, he's an export also, <laughs> he's an export, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but he's... He's really good. Like, it's a good, some good action. The, the plot of the movie is not wonderful, but whatever. That it, tends to be his hallmark, though. Like, he's he's always good in the movies he's in, but the movies themselves aren't great. They're not, like, Oscar-type of movies. Yeah. But he's usually, like, the best part in them. Well, I think the Fast and Furious probably typecast him a little bit, where it's yeah. like, oh, you're, you look like a surfer dude, like, you're totally cool, laid-back dude. You know, everyone wants to be you or be with you yeah. or be your friend. You know what I mean? So... Rest in peace, Paul Walker. I dig him. What about Billy Bob? Ron Lester? You seen him anywhere? Rest in peace him also. Yeah, he passed away a few years back. Um, Did he? I read that he he at one point got to 650 pounds. Then he had like a gastric bypass surgery. He lost over 300 pounds. And, but yeah, I think the toll it took on his body ended up 
taking him. But he uh, he was in Good Burger also, so I think that's where he was discovered or why he was cast in Varsity Blues. It was, because, yeah. It was the, the same director, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he we'll get into Billy Bob, but he's just an awesome presence in this movie, for better or worse. He he's just loud and he's in your face, and he's he's a good time. He's got a lot of memorable moments. I don't know about him eating pancakes dipped in peanut butter, but just drinking syrup straight <laughs> from the bottle, <laughs> nasty. <laughs> Riding nasty. around with his pig in his truck. Uh, Scott Kahn, another one in this. Um, he was. Uh, I thought he looked a little old for this role. Uh, he was, I think, twenty three when they filmed it. He, Supposed to be eighteen in the movie or whatever. Honestly, but. that's better than you usually get with these <laughs> people true. supposed to be playing high school characters. Yeah, true. It's it's crazy what a resemblance he has to his dad. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. The mannerisms, just the way, like even him acting today, like just like him, just like James Conn, yeah. who's a great actor, right? But yeah, he ran off a bunch of movies too. A lot of overlap in some of these. Like he was an Enemy of the State, Into the Blue as well, and he's been on Hawaii Five O for yeah ten years running or whatever. Good for him. Yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah, so he's good. I, I don't mind him. I liked him in Ocean's Eleven or all the Oceans. Oh, 11, yeah, 12, he usually and has like Enemy of the State. He was the same kind of part, right? He's like one of the guys in the van or whatever. Like yeah, like one of the the techs. Like he's like the seventh guy in the credits. But yep. yeah, yeah, he's fun. You know, the rest of the class, rest of the cast, new first timers, right? Amy Smart, Ali Larder was her de- debut. Uh, anyone else stand out to you? Is I think that's most of it. Yeah, we, we hadn't mentioned the the girls, but yeah, Ali Larda has had a good career. Amy Smart was good in um, Road Trip. That's another movie from this time period, like high school. That's right. Kind of horny high school movie. She's good in um, Crank. She was in with Jason Statham was really good. I think those are those are most of the main ones. Yeah. You know, again, like young cast with exception to John Voight, right? So, all right. So we, we just, let's get into this for a second because we just started talking about it. Uh, with the accents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, there's not one accent in this movie that I find believable. Maybe, maybe Billy Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? But even John Vander- Boyd sounds fine, I think. I don't think he was trying to do a Texas accent, though. He was just doing his thing. Vanderbeek over the top. Paul Walker's dad, ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I don't know if that's how he, maybe, maybe he wasn't trying. I don't know. I caught little flashes of, Paul Walker trying to do a Texas accent. Like he doesn't do it throughout yeah, the whole movie. No. There's a couple words he tries doing it and then nope, then he goes right back to Brian O'Connor mode for yeah. you know the California surfer mode. You know mode. what though we talked about when we uh spoke about rounders like Teddy KGB and John Malkovich his accent is like so over the top. Yeah. It's, it's very out of place among the kind of grounded serious nature of the rest of the film. It's pretty much everybody is just kind of doing a bad accent as I'm not an expert on Texas accents. I've lived in North Carolina for 13 years now but for me if it's not like uh, an oscar type of movie like just go with it it's fun it's all right like yeah like james vanderbeek will i'm sure we'll get into a lot of his lines like i don't want your life like it's, it's been mean to death by now but i don't know it kind of adds to it after the fact i think it's uh it, it doesn't have to be perfect it's just this this is a popcorn movie this is one you kind of turn your brain off and enjoy so in that respect i think the accents they're okay they kind of work even though they don't maybe they work because they don't <laughs> yeah pete Pete's been in Texas a long time. Maybe Pete would know. Yeah, Pete will be our accent. Spent a lot of time in Texas, among yeah. other parts of the world. He's a he's a globe hopping. We're gonna, we're gonna have to fact guy. check the accents from Pete. So, <laughs> yeah. so Pete, you know, if this is a live show, you got to call in. But we're gonna need some fact checking on Vanderbeek's <laughs> accent. <laughs> Tell us what you think of these yeah. accents. So yeah, West Kane in Texas, fictional town. They totally made that up. What I didn't get right. So this is again. So as you mentioned at the beginning here. It's a town where, like, the, the high school football players are essentially the celebrities 
in this town. Oh yeah. To the point where the parents just sit around watching practice. Yeah. You know. And I'm like, well, don't, don't they have a job? Like, you get the sheriff sitting out there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the only time you ever see him, he's just watching and commenting and critiquing. Yeah, the, yeah, it's the so high crazy. school football team. Mocks his dad. Uh, totally, I don't know. Like he 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 peaked in high school, and he wasn't even that good. No, he wasn't. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, John Voigt didn't have nice things to say about him. Not at all. But he's still holding on to that anyway. Yep. So you get into this movie. They're go, they're going through some things. I mean, even from the beginning, right? So. Billy Bob picks him up in his uh, in his truck, and like we just mentioned, he's dipping pancakes and peanut butter. And who nominated him to be the Uber of Texas at this point, right? The- I think he's happy to do it. He just <laughs> likes driving around town, making noise. He's got his big Stetson hat on. He's got his pig snorting in the seat next to him. I started looking at some of the some of the logistics of this, right? Gas prices in Texas. In oh, geez, you went deep. They were uh, about ninety four cents a gallon. And gas. So, you know, if you compare that to now, like places in, in Texas, the assumption for me, again, I've never been there. So this, again, Pete, I need you to fact check this. When you look at where we live and everybody's houses are on top of each other, I don't think it was like that in 1999, Texas. So they got to be pretty close, right? Because it's just a high school, school district. So I don't know. Are you thinking they're like 40 miles apart? Well, I don't I know. It's like I, a small town. I, you know, like I said, I don't, I guess I don't want to get too, too deep on that, but that was my first thought was, how, how often are you filling up? Like you're in this, uh, I don't think it was a Ford. I think he was in a Chevy. Some right? kind of pickup. This gas-guzzling Chevy. You know, you're going from house to house. You could hit the gas station between each house just to fill it up, you know. So I'm overthinking it. But <laughs> <laughs> Are they chipping in? Or are are right, all the other mean. players paying their share? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that's working out, but but we'll see. You know, random question. If you have a pet pig, what are you naming him? Not bacon if I want the pig to like me. Bacon as a as a name is a little rough. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably one of the more common pig names, I would guess. Uh, what about I'm a chicken? Too... If you had a pet chicken, what would you call him? Like Nugget, something like that. It's <laughs> along the same lines. Nugget, tender. <laughs> I was going to say Parmesan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, so they go through and, uh, you know, they show the first game and you get an idea of what's happening. And uh, did you notice the announcer's name, by the way? I got it down here. Yeah, his well, one of them at least. There's a, a pair that's throughout the movie. Yeah, and he gets in- introduced as Stubby Stud Daddy Tanner, which <laughs> I think is just incredible that he's Stubby already. I can't imagine that's his given name, and they felt the need to give him a nickname beyond Stubby, <laughs> and he's Stud Daddy. And you see this guy. I can't imagine a world where he's Stud Daddy, where you got Paul Walker and James Vanderbeek around, and this guy's known as Stud Daddy. I can't imagine he's he's uh, doing a lot of business there. So I don't know. <laughs> So uh, I don't know if that's their real names either, but uh, both those guys are actually they're they're real high school read football that, announcers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I thought they did good. Like, yeah, they were, they were pretty authentic. I thought they they sounded authentic's the best word for that. But yeah, so they get they get the first game done, and then what? They go to the cookout at the Harbor House, right? Lance yeah. Harbor is you know Paul Walker's name, and uh, <laughs> the funny part to me was how drunk like Mox's mom was. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've I've got her down. So I wanted to talk about her. You you go ahead first. I'll I'll hop no, that, in. That was it. So they're doing the the contest to try the William Tell contest mm. to try to knock the beer can off their dad's heads because the dads are just living vicariously through their sons, and yeah. that's kind of where they get their whole sense of self worth. So Mox's dad says that uh, if Kilmer, the coach, wasn't such a prick, his son would be the quarterback. He's like, oh, you want to you want to find out? So. They they try to knock the beer cans off their heads and Paul Walker, Lance Harbor, he perfect throw, knocks it right off. Everybody's pumped up. So then uh Mox doesn't even want to do it. 
but his dad kind of just berates him into doing he's like i raised you to be a winner <laughs> so yep, yep. he puts the can on his head and i love that mox he he basically it's it's like a fadeaway shot in basketball. He basically does a turnaround and just whips the ball at him. Like if you're going for accuracy, it's not really the best <laughs> method of doing it. You don't need the spin around throw. Yeah, yeah, and and I wonder did he really want to knock the can off his dad's head or did he want to hit him right in the nose? Because after he he hits him and he's down and everybody's around him, he just kind of stares at him and walks off. He doesn't check if he's all right. Oh, he definitely hit him on purpose. Yeah, it kind of yeah. kind of gives that vibe especially when you see he's actually a pretty talented quarterback as you see him play the games he's pretty accurate he leads the team to a bunch of wins yep. we'll talk about his uh unorthodox clock stopping methods where he turns <laughs> and fires it to hit somebody on the sideline he doesn't like makes no sense um, but yeah yep. you were mentioning his mom and i don't even remember if it was slow motion or just seemed like it when she's kind of egging on mox to knock the can off her husband's head it's like you can do it. <laughs> and I want to talk about Rob Schneider from The Waterboy has become known for the you can do it. Yeah, that's true. That line, I almost want to make the argument that her you can do it is is an even better football you can do it than his. But I don't know. I think it's at least a conversation. But yeah, she's uh, she doesn't have many scenes. She has that one. Uh, her other scenes are really her noticing Mox's younger brother who inexplicably is just like, He's like eight years old, and he's just experimenting with different religions. He's starting a cult. When you first see him, he's got a cross on his back like he's Jesus. I counted them. There's uh, four religions. He- yeah. <laughs> he's Muslim at one point. He's, yep. he's all over the place. But, uh, yeah, her contribution is like, oh, did you start a cult? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> she's not really rating too high on the parent scale. We'll yeah, no. <laughs> she's not She's not ricking in a bunch of movies after this yeah. one for that role. And know? somehow she's probably not even as bad as Mox's dad, who's just – He's just pathetic is the best word I can think of to well, describe him. No wonder why he wants to get out of town. Oh, yeah. Get away from that. It, it's he, he finds out he gets into Brown, Ivy League school, full academic scholarship, and his dad barely acknowledges it. He just wants to talk about the game plan for the yeah. the football game on Friday. It's like, dude, this is like any parent's dream. The kid got a full ride to an Ivy League school, and you're worried about the the high school football game coming up. Like, what, what what's your priorities? Dude? Yeah, just – well. Like you said, it shows their priorities right there. Like that's that's how the town lives is just through this football, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It's so dumb. So okay, you get into the the second game that they show, and this is really where the conflict begins, right? You already see in the first game with Mox is reading a book over the playbook. Yep. Right. Slaughterhouse and Five. He's reading instead the, of reading the playbook. <laughs> there you go. Fun fact. <laughs> so between him and Kilmer, like Kilmer's always giving him a hard time in practice and different things. Halftime, they're shooting Lance up with something in his knee, and like instantly you see, you know, the coach is closing the door because Mox looks in there and he's like, "What's what's going on in here?" You know, yep. of course he gets hurt, and then down he goes, and then yeah. you know, like, oh well, that's that's part of the reason why took a big shot anyway. But so the conflict has begun in this movie at this yeah. point. Like it was kind of already there with those two, but then you know the coach has to kind of eat crow when Mox becomes a starting quarterback. Yeah. And say, hey. Oh, I, I believe in you, man. I got faith in you. Oh, yeah. Like, and don't what? forget Billy Bob, too. The first play we see, I think, Billy Bob pancakes like four or five guys and gets knocked out cold <laughs> yeah. to like kind of pave the way for a touchdown. And he's uh, – this was 1999, this movie, but like concussions have become a big deal as far as talking about the NFL and football. And this was kind of ahead of its time in that respect. Like Billy Bob is obviously concussed. He can't even make out how many fingers – the team trainer or doctor yep. is holding up and he yep. gets put right back in there. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, 
their handling of injuries is not uh, not player friendly. I'll, I'll say to no. put it nicely. <laughs> well, you know, on that same note, right? So if you watch when Lance goes down, right? So he's clearly holding his knee, and he's like, "Oh man, like something happened to the ACL, whatever." Right? The dudes with the stretcher, they don't lower the stretcher and put him on it. Like they pick him up by his arms and his other leg. Really? Oh God! Yeah, I don't even so remember stupid. noticing that. Yeah, I noticed it the second time. I was like, "Wait, what are they doing?" Because <laughs> you look at the stretcher they're on, and it ha- it clearly goes down. It has like the ambulance one that flattens into a bed. Yeah. You know, nowadays you might get like the neck board or something, and they yeah. you roll them over, put them on it, and then you know keep it. Safe. Well, as we see from everybody's reaction, they don't even care so much that Lance is hurt. It's just that what what does this do? For the football team, like how yeah. are they going to recover? The, the radio play-by-play announcers, the first thing they say is like, oh, where does this leave the Coyotes? Like, what are we going to do yeah, now? Yeah, there goes the perfect season. Yeah, right? John Voigt, Kilmer, he he has a line later on about Lance being a gimp that like he probably hopes that he loses just so it'll seem like he's the missing link. Like, all these players are just tools for other people's glory. Yeah. And it's, it's made obvious right from the start. So Lance, out for the year. Mox becomes the quarterback. Like you start to see him buying into it a little bit, you know what I mean? Like he's he has what one one or two good games. And yeah, he, he the, leads him to victory after Lance gets hurt. He he takes him down the field in like a minute and wins the game. So yep, yeah he he goes from being like oh I can't wait for football to be done to being like oh I'm the star I'm getting a lot of adulation here. This is kind of nice. Yep. Speaking about himself in the third person yeah, when yeah. the reporter comes. <laughs> up. Yeah, golly gee. Yeah, Heck, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Jonathan Moxon's only one man. I'm only one man. <laughs> it's like, wow, what the head quick. I think yeah, I think at one point he thanked God or Jesus yeah, or something like interview, that. Yeah, same interview, yeah. <laughs> All the typical stuff you hear. But yeah, so he starts to buy into it to the point where now you see the Allie Larder character, the head cheerleader or whatever she's supposed to be, inviting him over with the infamous uh, you know, whipped cream bikini scene. Right, where she's trying to like get him to, you know, she doesn't care who she's with. She just wants to get out of the town. Even with that being said, it's wild how fast, like, they leave the hospital together. They take Lance to the hospital, they visit him. She gets a ride home with Mox and immediately comes on to him. Like, (laughs) or not even home. Yeah. She's like, drop me off at the party. Oh, well, (laughs) that's too. He drops her at a party where they're going to celebrate the football team's win. And Mox, to his credit, he's like, well, I don't really feel like it's right to be celebrating right now given what happened to lance but like she's changing right in front of him in the car she's down to her underwear basically and like yep. she, she's not shy about switching allegiances real quick what was funny was you know mox was the only one in the hospital like the only player there so yep. you get to the party when she when he drops her off at the party you see billy bob come running through like he's drinking being stupid oh, yeah. tweeters there that's when he steals the cop car yes. right that was that scene right <laughs> yeah obviously all the players are here doing their thing does anyone give a shit that their quarterback yeah no we want friend is let's in celebrate the, yeah. yeah yeah let's that, get drunk and make some moves yeah definitely passed over a little bit in that sense but you know i think that just ties back to where paul walker as an actor or like that character just kind of thrown to the side a little bit and if you think about just to Compared a little bit to Friday, Friday Night Lights, they do the same thing when that main quarterback goes down. Yeah, Jason Street goes down. Yeah, yeah. same same deal. A lot of the same idea. Like, he's in it, but they kind of slowly start writing him off a little bit. In this case, whereas Paul Walker, like, he I mean, he was a young actor at this point, but when you know his body of work, it's unfortunate that the role was, like, a small role. Like, I thought there was more they could have I do like, though, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure we'll have a whole section talking about the parallels of Friday Night Lights because there are many. Yeah. But both of those quarterbacks, the star quarterbacks that got hurt, they do kind of make a comeback as a coach. 
like being mm-hmm. there on the sidelines, they're on the crutches, and and we'll talk about what happens later where uh, Paul Walker sort of takes over the play calling duties. Yep. yep. Um, same thing happens at Friday Night Lights. So yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. So I thought that was funny. So you know, we're talking about Ali Lauder when she's hitting on him. Um, did you catch like what her parents were doing, which is why the house would be open? It was a half price night at the gun club or something, right? Yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is this, this is, I mean, this is Texas, right? They, they were like, what's on. the most Texas thing imaginable for like right. parents' date night? What are we going to do to yeah. get them? They'll, and they'll be out till midnight, right? <laughs> yeah. Come after they never seven. come home before yeah. midnight, yeah. So from seven to midnight, they're hanging out at the gun club, yeah. right? So I can only imagine this is some sort of gun country club. Yeah, you know, they're like, just firing it's be off something. all night. Yeah, probably yeah. drinking. Yeah, you said it best. That's a the most Texas thing that you can think <laughs> of. Oh man, it's so funny. But what you start getting um, during some of these scenes is the little subtleness where other players realize, like Mox has no idea that he's the only one that hates Kilmer. So you hear him talking to Tweeter, and he's talking to uh, you know Wendell, the running back, and oh, yeah. he, he starts to learn like, oh. You guys all hate Kilmer too. Yeah. Okay. Now it's like now we can rally, rally the team together as teammates rather than oh we're just here to you know suck on his teat and uh, get what he wants. You yeah. Know I mean let's do for us. Yeah. Billy Bob was like the last holdout. He's got a scene where he's kind of defending him right before they all turn on him. But yeah, everybody else was already on that bandwagon of yeah. like Kilmer sucks. Like he's he's only using us to burnish his resume. So yeah, I, I like how they all banded together. That's what brought them together as a team. Honestly. Is their hatred for Kilmer? <laughs> yeah, it was. So that so that leads into uh, the landing strip, right? Ah, the strip club. The yes, strip club scene. You know, infamous. So I just there's so many things wrong with this scene, right? Not wrong. Nothing wrong with the strip club, right? But it just ties into what the hell is going on in this town? Yeah, where like the owner of like of this establishment clearly just like high school football players yeah they're all there drinking yeah like one of them's 18 they're they're underage i'm sure to even be there in the first place let alone drink and then and then he's buying it's not even like they're trying to have fake ids it's like like we just walk in and say hey guys i got some football players can we just come in and drink here all night it's like what yeah they're happy to have them because they're the celebrities it's like (laughs) why you let the uh you let drake into the vip room for free because like you you want the attention (laughs) so like we see like mox goes to the convenience store Later, just he's trying to buy a bottle of Coke, and the guy there he slips him a six pack of beer. He's like, "No, it's your money's no good. Yeah, your it's money's okay. no yeah. good. Yeah." So I, they probably weren't even paying for anything there. Yeah, that's true, and that could come back to the gas. Maybe they're not paying for gas either. They just <laughs> yeah, everything's in, free. Fill up. Yep. Yeah. As long as you're playing football, we got you. <laughs> yeah. You know. So I thought the funny thing in the scene was, as soon as they they realize it's uh, Miss Davis, the teacher. Yes. Did you notice like Wendell just starts laughing? Yeah, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm like, what are you twelve? Like, I mean, what reaction you know? would you have? Like, it's so ridiculous. Like, I don't know. she comes out to "Hot for Teacher" by Van Halen. Yeah, which, which is great. Yeah, just kind of perfect song choice there. But I, I do got to give her credit. She's starting a routine. She's stripping, and she notices them at the same time as they notice her, and they're hooting and hollering. They think it's the greatest, craziest yep. thing ever. And you see, like her, just total embarrassment that they know what she does now. But to her credit, a couple seconds go by and she kind of finishes the routine. Sure. Which kept going. That's that's some mental strength right there. I don't, <laughs> I, I'm surprised she didn't just run off, cover herself, and run off stage. So well, she got to pay for her car. Miss Davis, there. Yeah, pay for the Mercedes or whatever. She yeah, yeah. They mentioned it's like, oh, that's a real nice car for a, on a teacher's salary. <laughs> yep. But that's the thing too, right? So to get back to them being allowed in the strip club, it's not like you're 
you just did a bar. Like, oh, you got some dive bar just to get some drinks. Like, these girls are stripping for money. Miss Davis is up there. It's not, oh, thanks for showing up and you paid a $5 cover to get in. Like, yeah, no. They, you you got to come there with a stack of ones or fives or whatever you're doing. They're not doing any of that. They're not tipping any of that. Money. No, they just seem to cash. be enjoying the show. Yeah. Yeah. And they got the table right up front. It just seems like, I don't know. Like, again, this gets back to the beginning. This is just some white person Texas fuckery going on. <laughs> You know what I mean? And that's just part of it. It's like, okay, I get it. It's a, you know, you're enjoy it for what it is. It's an integral scene uh, for the movie itself. But I'm looking at this going, okay, is this the best that we can come up with? I mean, everything they show you, though, is like these guys are the guys. They, they've got billboards on their lawn that are, yeah. they dwarf their whole house. You can't even <laughs> see their house from the street because it's like something you'd see on I-95 that they want you to see from three miles away. Yeah. That's like a big picture, like star quarterback, whatever. Like it, it's so over the top. Well, they that, get away with everything, right? Yeah. Strip club, Tweeter steals a cop car. Steals a cop right. car. He's <laughs> drunk driving in it. He's got three naked sophomore girls. He even mentioned they're sophomores, <laughs> which puts them at what? Like 16? Like, and and all it takes is a word from Kilmer to the sheriff. Like, oh, my boy's causing too much trouble. Right. Like, Everybody yeah. fears it's like, Kilmer. Oh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll leave him alone. It's okay. Like, they could get away with literally anything. Yeah, everybody fears Kilmer in this movie. You know, they got the stadiums named after him. Yep. 22 he, titles or whatever it is. life-size bronze statue outside. That's another thing. Yeah, you got this Rocky-type statue. Crazy. Just crazy. But all right, so they stay up all night, essentially lose that game because they're all hungover, right? So this is where I think the movie, this is what the movie's missing. Besides everything else I've already mentioned, what I wish they had in this movie is, can you put at least one like defensive player like on this no. like squad? You never you know see I mean? anybody on defense, no, do you? No. So what you get, they, so, there's, so there's two problems. One, I mean, you get Wendell's the only black guy in the movie, first off, right? Which yeah. was probably a thing for the for the late 90s. Like that, something they since corrected, right? But when I compare this to something like Remember the Titans, you got can't you have like a defensive end or something like going for a scholarship? Like, like I think there's another twist you could have added to this. Like I don't know. Yeah, like, it's very simplistic. If the offense plays well, they win. If the offense plays poorly, right. they lose. The defense well, because they, they just sim through those moments like on Madden. They're not worried about completely, that. completely because they're blaming the offense for being hungover and doing things. But the defense didn't stop anybody either, and they yeah. weren't at the strip club. So if you're playing a team that sucks, you think the defense? You know, you at least be pitching shutouts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Kilmer, you're such a good coach. Five guys are hung over and not yeah. like 100%. You can't sub them out. You can't do anything about it. You're just yeah. going to lose and blame it on them. That's no kind of bad for a guy with 23 or whatever district titles. Yeah. We're going to get into his coaching style in just a little bit. Like, I don't know how that dude wins 22 <laughs> championships or whatever it is. But but this is really where lines are set. They, they blow the game. Clearly, Kilmer's pissed off and he's, you know, Lines have been drawn from where they are. This is what you mentioned. You know, Billy Bob starts to he, – he turns on him a little bit, right? Um, so well, he now, kicks Billy Bob out of the locker room after the game, calling him fat and lazy and yeah, everything else. Yep. And then – so that's what he – He blames his- him for Lance getting hurt even though he put him – he forced him back in the game like when he was clearly – Concussed. Oh, so, total scumbag. Yeah, it's it's all Kilmer's fault that Lance is hurt in the first place. And well, he was even playing hurt. Even the doctor said it, right? Yeah. Oh, I get a lot of scar tissue. He's like, oh, never said anything to me about yeah. it. Yeah. And, and then he told Mox <laughs> to leave because Mox knew the truth. Yeah. Because for some reason, he's giving him these injections with the door open. Like, you've been doing this for how long? And <laughs> you're not better about being a scumbag like this? Right. Like, what's the matter with you? Cover your tracks a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. I, as a coach, horrible. He would never make it in no. anywhere beyond high school. In a fictional town, <laughs> yeah. you have no skill set. 
But anyway, so they're going through. They get they're finally going against them. They get to essentially, I'm gonna say the last game. Mox gets accepted to Brown. At this point, he doesn't want to play. He's like, good. Like, let me know who wins. Like, I'm out. Right. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want Kilmer to get the glory, so he'd rather just screw it up for him than get right. any glory himself. So then, the one good thing that Kilmer does is he's got blackmail to be like, "Oh, I can lose your transcripts. I can screw that up if you don't play for me." And he's like, "Ah, shit." All Wait, right. this is good. How? Yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't this more bad stuff? <laughs> right. Well, but but it's his one skill set. Like that's the one thing. This is how he wins. Evil is his skill set. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that's what I mean. Um, Evil and fear. So he does this, you know, and then of course. Wendell goes down, you know, knee injury or whatever it is. Hamstring or something. Hamstring or something, yeah. So this is where the team comes together kind of publicly, right? They're trying to shoot him up. Again, door open. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And boom, they kick Kilmer out. Game on now. Now this is when, you know, Paul Walker gets to come in and be the coach and and things like that. So (laughs) so this is the part I like. So Mox is trying to rally his team. What do you – don't you talk bad about the speech now. Come on. <laughs> I was going to ask you. This is the best scene. I was, okay, I was going to ask you how your thoughts were. Like, <laughs> what does the speech rank amongst, like, motivational speeches? You clearly loved it, so you hit it. it it's, it's like most it, – it kind of fits in with this movie for me. It's like almost – not so bad that it's good, but, like, it's clearly not great, but it's great. Like, if that makes any sense. Like, he's he's talking about they, they have a chance to play like gods, and, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of feeding into that whole narrative of – the the high school football players are the gods. They're the celebrities around town. Like, Heroes. Yeah, yeah, like and he he seemed like he was past that and over it, and like that's what he feeds into to get him jacked up to go out in the second half. But uh, I mean, I, I love the speech. It's still okay, e- even if you're like, yeah, this is ridiculous. James Vanderbeek is a little ridiculous in this moment. It's like I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go win the second half. <laughs> well, I think it would it it kind of completed the arc for his character because he starts off as someone who. He's friends with everybody. Like, everyone seemed to like him. He just wanted to get through his last senior year at high school. He did, you know, and Amy Smart, his girlfriend or whatever, kind of challenged him. Says, play the role of the hero. Take that role. And this is where he finally kind of embraced it for the first time in, yeah. in the movie. Yeah, and that was you like the I mean? last line of his speech. He's like, that's heroic. We can Let's be heroes. Yeah. So I didn't hate the speech. That's not what I was getting at. <laughs> um, I don't think it's the best one. I think coming from him, I had a hard time believing it because it's James Vanderbeek. And yeah, I just like I'll like, still take eh. Al Pacino in any given Sunday. Oh, for the, sure. The inches Game of yeah, inches. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Or anything Rocky says, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or Adrian, for that matter, right? But um, so I, I think I have to do some research on this. But I think was this the birth of the slow clap, the slow clap from Twitter? Because <laughs> they spoof it in a lot of other movies after that, but I don't know. Yeah, it was it was spoofed right around that same time, wasn't it? Like not another teen movie. I think they spoofed it, but I feel like it. Oh, I just wasn't it. Rudy is where it started. No, you know what? I think I think before Rudy, I think Can't Buy Me Love. Was it okay? It might be Even Can't Buy Me that. Love. Uh, we're gonna have to research that. Yeah, it didn't start here though. <laughs> okay. Although they they used it effectively. It was it was yeah, and not another teen movie. They definitely spoof it. Yeah, they tried a couple times. Like yeah, the, the one no character one kept on. trying yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but great. but I like it in Mox's speech. He says, "We got the rest of our lives to be mediocre, but we have the opportunity to play like gods for the next half of football." Which kind of is like what the whole town is about. It's like all their fathers are just mediocre. They suck. They're just mm-hmm. hanging on to their sons. They're pathetic. They're bad parents. They're like, what are they doing? What are they bringing to the world? And he's like, you know what? We we could fall into that if we want after this, but like at least let's win now. And like. Also, we'll win to like screw Kilmer over because he's out of the picture now. We'll show him that we don't need him. We'll show him that we we can succeed without him. So yeah, yeah, this, the speech is great. Okay, I mean it fits it fits the movie. It fits the theme. 
It does what it's supposed to do. So they go back out on the field. This was one of my one of my favorite scenes when they go back out on the field because you're coming out there. You got I think it was Offspring that was jamming, yep. playing. You know, so the music itself to me, it's an MTV movie, as I said. So like probably a little easier for them to grab rights to a lot of these bands. Like I was pumped up. Like I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, like, soundtrack was good. They had Green Day, Nice Guys Finished Last was early on. Yep, they, they had all, all those kind of punkish kind of. TRL bands from that day in MTV. Yeah. Yep, that's what. We, yep. So that came out. I thought that was pretty good. They start. They're still getting hit. They're hitting people. Right. I mean, it's a championship game. Right. So you expect the other team to be, you know, pretty good. Again, we'll, we've already talked about how there's no defensive players to talk about, but that's what football was back in '99. Can was, we talk about the hits a little? The hits are so over the top in this movie <laughs> when they're uh, they're spearing everybody. Oh my God! The the. The one guy, yeah, in the second half there, he comes flying over. His arms are at his side. He's doing like a sailor's He's a dive. Missile, yeah. Head to head, like a human missile. It's the most egregious hit. He'd be in Leavenworth right now if that happened today. <laughs> but all of them, like early on, there's a block where the guy does like a full flip in the air. He flips him over his shoulder. All the hits in this movie are just yeah, like video game hits. They're crazy. Definitely over the top. Definitely over the top on, on those things. Well, that, was, that gets into like the football action itself. Right, so you get it to the, so we get to the final play, and they call the hook and ladder play. Yes, right. So, so the problem I have with this is this is why I don't think Paul Walker's character is going to make a good coach. Like, if this is the play you're calling, you got you know whatever number of seconds left. You got one play left, and you say, okay, you got Mox who's shown that he's a good quarterback, and like the strength of your team essentially is his arm, and you're going to put the hero moment into the line on our 500 pound. <laughs> Yeah. Many times concussed <laughs> lineman who does not want to do that play, and the only time we've seen him try the play, he just fumbled it. Right. it, it he wasn't even close to successfully completing it. So the from the from a movie perspective, the payoff was there because like you see yeah. it earlier, like I said, and then they but do they it. believe in each other now. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that in a quarter gets you on a subway. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the problem I had with the end of the movie, but I get it. It it made sense for the movie. Nope. And then again, like, <laughs> nope, nope. You know, the championship game, if you, when you look at the overhead, like the stands were surprisingly like not as full as you would hope for like a championship yeah, game. Yeah. Didn't I mean, really think about that, but yeah, you just kind of keep focusing on the same few parents and everything. And yeah, it's not like there's 10,000 people at this game. What was funny, they showed one scene in the crowd of that and sitting behind Mox's parents was Miss Davis. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Sakura, they had no more extras, so they stuck her there. And I'm like, how uncomfortable was that? Like, <laughs> yeah. like hey, I just did your, I gave your son a lap dance last night. Like, well, cool. they, they agreed not to talk about it, so hopefully the, the parents didn't know. Yeah, you know, the dad knows who she is. He goes to that club. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He's like, yeah. oh, look, it's Ginger or whatever. Yeah, him and the sheriff and everybody else just go in there. Yeah. Talking about sure. the good times when Kilmer used to rip him a new one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days, right? Yeah. So that was it. So that was the thing. Um, so then they give the overlay of Mox speaking was, oh, we never played football again. I'm like, you just won a game. Like, don't you have like the state championship? They should championship? have been in the playoffs or something. Yeah, that yeah. was a little bit of an oversight. So either way, it ends. There you go. Spoiler alert. They win. Everybody's, yeah. everybody's happy. But you you got to give Billy Bob a little bit of credit. A, he caught the ball. Yep. He stiff-armed one guy into oblivion, and then he... he <laughs> He he Gronk him, you know. Yeah, he blasted he basically just stopped. The guy came flying at him and he just stone cold stiff on him. <laughs> like he blasted through two guys. You know? Yeah, and then he carried three other guys into the end zone. So Billy Bob was pretty good in that moment. Good, he came good camera angles. The camera angles were there. Well, so one thing I read, if I could interrupt you real yeah. quick, um Ron Lester that played Billy Bob, 
he I read that he tore his patella tendon really during shooting, and that's why he had some interesting camera angles because there was only so much he could do. And there was, mm-hmm. and also Paul Walker broke his leg during the movie too, so the cast was real apparently. But yeah, I guess when you're having a a hard hitting football movie like this, you're gonna sustain some yeah injuries. That's the one thing I, I enjoyed about this. Some of the camera angles, like we said, I mean they they got it to be intense enough. You know what I mean? So like it kept you in the moment between the music and some of the camera angles. Some of the overall football scenes were pretty silly. When you look at some of the you know the running back going, and you're like, well, how come when they show the camera angle, you see three or four players on the other side of the field doing nothing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just some of it was just probably could have been edited better. Like the football was pretty good overall, I thought, though. Like, it was over the top, but, like, it was entertaining. Like, it was pretty well executed. I thought Scott Kahn did good. Like, some of his his route running, surprisingly, yeah. was uh, I mean, he took some solid. hits, too. He caught one ball. He, like, flipped in the air, landed yeah. on his back, his neck. Yeah, it was it was, it was was pretty good. So, the only person um, – so, I don't know if you knew this. Like, Wendell, he went on to play for the Chiefs. Yes. Like, he was yeah, the NFL Stanford player. and the Chiefs. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. You beat me to it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but, he, yeah, he was the one real football player of the bunch. Yeah. One thing I read that uh, James Vanderbeek didn't really – I read that he played football when he was younger, but he had to stop because he got concussed in like eighth grade, but that he didn't have much of an arm. I think Ron Lester, Billy Bob, gave an interview later that said that they had like a quarterback from the University of Texas come in for all the actual throws yep. that Vanderbeek had, so they did some movie magic editing with movie that. Movie magic, yep. yeah. So That's great. Um, so that's basically the plot of the movie. So why don't we jump into some, uh, we'll say some specific categories, if you will, and we'll yeah. just kind of break down some of this uh, other nonsense that we decided to find in here. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about the high school movies that came out in this era, right? So this is just a handful of movies that came out in the same, no particular order. You got The Faculty, which was 98. You got American Pie, which was 99. 10 Things I Hate About You, 97. Scream, if you consider that a high school movie, was 96. Sure. Uh, Can't Hardly Wait was 98, and She's All That with 99. Um, you mentioned Cruel Intentions already. I don't remember the year on that one. But there's a lot of, like, this was a theme of movies, right? Even yeah, like that the, was a the golden spoons. era for those movies. It really was. So I guess my point is you have so many young actors, good and bad, a lot of overlap in some of these movies, like the different side characters, you know, things like that. So I guess in your thoughts, like, what does this rank amongst, and if, if I missed one that you liked more, like, what do you think? Like one of the better high school movies of its era or where does so varsity much? blues rank amongst those yeah. movies? Yeah. Well, amongst any high school movie in that era. I mean, I was at the right time for this. I was in high school when varsity blues came out. So all these movies were like right in the sweet spot for me. I, I saw like every one of you them. You were in high school in 99. Yeah. Okay. You're a young man. Yeah. I graduated okay. in 2000. So yeah, yeah. It was okay. Perfect time Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Varsity Blues is up there. I mean, if you're going to count Scream as a high school movie, I love Scream. That's like one of my favorite horror movies of all time. But that was just such a smart, well-done movie. Um, well, you like horror movies anyway, right? That's I do. Movie. I'm a big horror fan, yeah. Okay. But I'm, I mean, 10 Things I Hate About You is really good. Probably got to say that's better than Varsity Blues. Var- Varsity Blues isn't going to be ranked above a lot of these movies just on like its own merits. It's like... I don't know. You just kind of have an attachment to it because it's fun. It's like that that time of your life. Like it's if you're going by just the merits of everything, the acting's eh, the the directing's eh, the the plot is a little. I'm pretty certain got it, some we, holes in it. If we do a podcast on any of those movies, we're gonna find holes in every single one. True. Of them. Yeah. You know very I mean? true. None so. of those movies are perfect, but yeah, Varsity Blues. I, I mean, it's up there for sure. Okay. Because it's a good time. But yeah, it's 
It's not not an award winning movie by any means. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, there was definitely some things about it that I liked. You know, I mentioned like the, the some of the camera angles. The the music was nice, with the exception to maybe the the speech that you loved at the end. Not a lot of like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? Like like no edge of your seat moments. But yeah, it was. We'll call it a popcorn movie. Like I think most of these are. You're trying to relate to what some of these kids are going through, and like. You know, I look at that. And say, oh, did this happen in my high school? Is this something? How accurate is this? Uh, I'd say not so much. There was no. I don't yeah. know anyone like uh, Tweeter in my <laughs> in yeah. my high school. You know, stealing the cop car. You you wouldn't get away with that. No, not so but much. But you know what? Like on this, uh, kind of on the rewatch. Like I also watched it twice in the past week just to prepare. But I've seen it a few, probably five or six times over the years. It's a movie I've always enjoyed. Yeah. Um. But like watching it again and again. Like the first time you watch it, it's like, okay, this is like just a dumb high school football movie with these dumb kids doing dumb things. And it's a good time because it's like an underdog story. The backup comes in. They overcome this evil coach. But like, I don't know, watching it again, not not to, I'm not going to attach too much significance to it, but like it actually did some pretty good serious stuff under the surface, like between the injuries, like that was kind of prescient as far as the way the NFL would go and treating player safety and things like that. Okay. Allie Larder's character, like the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, it's just like the town slut. Like she's very hateable. And she she immediately jumps from Lance to Mox. She just, I don't know, all the things she does are just not what you want. But in that scene where he kind of rejects her, the whole whipped cream bikini, and I, I do have to commend you on your restraint on that. I was worried about you on this one. Um, but like, she says something like, like it was never about love. Like, it, like Lance was my ticket out basically, like get out of this town. Yeah. And like, you, you, if you take a second and think about it, like this town, it's like kind of got to be awful. Like anybody here is just kind of living on the glory days or like the, the way things used to be or, or living through their kids who they're hoping can do that. And, and even the ones that are on the team, they're not enjoying it. They hate the coach. Like, yeah, they're having fun. They're going to parties. They're getting the girls. But, like, I don't know if to say they're enjoying life or they have really great prospects for their life going forward. I feel like this is the third movie we've spoken about. I seem like I always come out as, like, kind of the white knight, like, defending one of the the more hated female characters in the movie. But maybe that'll just be my role. But I don't know. Darcy, who is Ali Larda's character, like, watching it again and, and watching it for two times recently, like, I was like, man, that's actually, like, it's really sad. Like, yeah, like, what she's doing isn't great. But like, what's she supposed to do? Also, like, she she just wants to get out of this awful place where like all they care about is high school football. Nobody raises their kids right. Nobody runs the town right. It's like the football coach has power over the sheriff and the parents and everybody else. Like, I don't blame her for wanting to get out. So like, would you do whatever it took to get out? Yeah, probably. Well, what's what's life in West Canaan, Texas for a, for a woman? Once high school is over. Oh, miserable. Because yeah. all you see is the drunk mom over here. Yeah. And then not, nothing She'd else probably be Miss Davis in the future. She'd be stripping yeah. at the landing strip. And, yeah. So you're right. Yeah. You know what? In, in that argument, I, I you win because <laughs> you can't blame her for wanting to get out. Do what yeah. you got to do to get out. Otherwise, yeah, you're dancing on the pole and you're drunk at barbecues. Otherwise. Yeah. yeah you could quibble with the methods. But yeah, it, it's kind of <laughs> sad. Like I, I felt for her a lot more than the first couple of times I watch it where you just like, oh God, you're such a hoe. You're just trying to just trying to steal them. Put <laughs> right. a little more depth to it. We talked a little bit about like I was trying to look at the, the locations in this, right? Because it's a it's a made up town. The only place they really go besides, you know, Mox's house or the high school uh and the football field is they go to the landing strip. So we talked about that a little bit, like just a ridiculous uh situation in general, right? 
I got I got to get into like the the football coaching of this. Like this is the the Kilmer piece, right? So this is the part that kind of drove me nuts a little bit. So there's some scenes in there where they show like he's got a medical staff, right? He's got people yeah. in the room with them. Uh, someone's carting them off the field, and they're when when they kick Kilmer out, like where's the rest of the staff? Like you never see another coach. Now, Lance is just like, I'll run the show now. <laughs> there's an angle where you see other adults standing on the sideline. Okay. After Kilmer's gone, but like, what are they doing? Like, where's the assistant coach in this? Right. Yeah. So, like, this is just in the Bud Kilmer's a bad coach methodology here, right? And for supposedly like a, a multiple championship winning coach, yeah, football is life in Texas, and like, you, you'd think they'd have thirty people on staff. That's all the town you, cares you have about. The staff. What about what about backups? You got your five or six best players are all seniors, like. Do you have any juniors on this team? Yeah, what's like, happening next like, year? Yeah, like you're going to win 22 championships. Well, you're not winning 23. Because, yeah. You know what I mean? Because all your seniors are gone, and you have no one else on your team. So some kind of underclassman in there would have been nice. Like, I don't know. Like, you don't see a lot from Kilmer, like a lot of a lot of reason to believe that he's this championship-winning coach. It's yeah. just all fear and intimidation. Yeah. He's, I don't know if you know Woody Hayes, the old Ohio State football coach that ended up like kind of being disgraced for – hitting his own player like that's kind of how it ends for Kilmer too like kind of <laughs> thro- throttles Mox afterwards um after Mox calls him out for trying to the whole team says like they're not going to play because he's trying to inject Wendell yeah um but it's pretty similar path as that but yeah Kilmer is uh he doesn't show a lot of X and O's knowledge like when James Vanderbeek tries to come out with the the oop to oop, as he calls it, like the the five wide receivers. Yep. He's like, oh no, what that, what is this crazy shit you're pulling? Like we're we're playing football the right way. Even the one of the dads in the stands, I couldn't help but crack up. He's counting on his fingers how many. He's like, how many receivers are out there? Right. What three, four, five receivers? Oh my god! Like these guys, that football's everything to them, and they're like troglodyte. Well, the funny <laughs> part of that scene too is they didn't bring any extra personnel out. Like you had two running backs, two receivers, and a tight end. Yeah. You just shifted them all to one side. Much, so like yeah. you had the same number of people out there. Yeah, yeah, but, they weren't very advanced. There wasn't a lot of sabermetrics going on in the <laughs> West Canaan football no, community. No, but I think that that's kind of foretelling a little bit to where football went to, right? Because you get a lot of yeah. that, uh, West Coast offense, things like that. Yeah, no and, huddle, hurry up. Like what would have been cooler too is if they said like you know because I think Dan Marino did a lot. Like, I don't know, but about five receivers. But I mean, in the eighties, he's He's throwing a three, four receivers. And I know this from yeah. playing Tecmo Bowl because he always yeah. had extra receivers out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not unheard of. It's just in Texas, he he says it. We're a running team. We're just going to give it to the – we're going to feed the running back until we get to the goal line. And then, you know, it's quarterback time, which I thought was kind of silly because – Yeah, if, he's all about winning. Like, give it to Wendell. Wendell's the best. He runs him down the field. You, yeah. He, he even pulls Mox aside and he's like, we're a running team. Like, you're not going to turn it over. You yeah. do as I say. It's like – Give the ball to Wendell. Do you, do you hate black people that much that you are unwilling to let him get the glory of scoring a well, touchdown? Well, who does he hate worse, right? Then you're, you're going to give it to the uh, the fullback who you never see, whereas like typically he'd give it to Lance on the goal line. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you hate Wendell. You hate Mox. So you're going to bring in some random fullback. Well, this guy's getting the touchdown. Yeah, when Mox audibles the play to give it to Wendell to let him get the glory and get the touchdown, they score the touchdown, and Kilmer is pissed on the sidelines. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, that's he just scored just because they changed the play. Yeah. So yeah, like in in the rankings of things Coach Kilmer hates, I guess <laughs> number one is black people. Number two is losing, <laughs> and then everything else goes after. Yeah, it's kind of rough. Don't disobey him. You know. Yeah. I kind of touched upon this a little bit, but who peaked in this movie? Like who, actor wise. Actor wise, yeah. Like who whose best role is this? Like you don't see them 
anymore. I mean, I said James Van Der Beek because you didn't see him star in anything. Yeah, this, this is his best starring role. I mean, even on Dawson's Creek, I remember watching that a little bit when it first started, but like he lost the girl to uh, Joshua Jackson. So yeah. kind of flipped roles there where he was the star and like took a little bit of a backseat. But yeah, this is probably his peak, I would have to say. Yeah, he's he's been, so. had bit parts in a lot of things, but never been the, the main attraction. Never like been this. the main. Like Ron Lester, Billy Bob. Pretty much the only thing yeah, he's it's done. Yeah, got to be, yeah. I'd say Paul Walker, no, because he went on yeah, for a Fast good career. Yeah, Fast and Furious, definitely. Um, even Allie Larder. I mean, she was in um, Resident Evil series. Like, She's done some things. She was in a TV show. I don't show. know, though. Like, this well, <laughs> might be the peak, man. I mean, <laughs> This will be the remembering what you remember. Exactly. Like, if you if first thing people think of with Allie Larder, they're probably going to the whipped cream bikini, for better or worse. If so. you remember, it's her that's in it, because this was her first movie. So if you don't, it's like, we know because we've watched it again. Right, but if you're just watching her movies, if you see her in Resident Evil, there was a TV show she was in called Heroes. I don't know if you ever watched that. Oh man, yeah, I did. Yeah. I love the first season was great of that show, and then it totally fell off. Hayden Panettiere was in that, and yep, uh, Zachary yeah. Quinto. Yeah, that was a great show to start with. But I forgot she was in that. She was in there. What made it better for me was um, it was on NBC, so they had this thing on their website. They did graphic novels followed up each episode. Yeah, um, so you'd watch Heroes on like a Monday night. And then the next day, or maybe it was the day before, I forget. But you go in there, they'd have like kind of the B characters, the people off screen. Uh-huh. So they had a, a whole section on her, and she had her son uh, who could speak to machines. Yeah. So he was in the show a little bit, but they don't even know. I forgot she stuff. was in that show. It's been a long yeah. time. So save she, the cheerleader, save the world. Yeah. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so I thought that I don't think this was her peak. I think that she's she's gone on to do a lot of different things. But okay. I think the most memorable will probably be the whipped cream bikini. Just calling it that alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. You know, Scott Kahn, I say no. He's been in a lot of things. You know, Wendell went on to play in the NFL. So his peak movie-wise, but yeah. not his life-wise, I'm sure. You know what I mean? John Voight, no, because he's, yeah, he's had so a career. You know what I mean? So I think that's probably Yeah, Van Der Beek and Billy Bob, probably the, the two. As far as, um, like, your favorite scene, is it the, the Van Der Beek speech? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, every I, I take the whole thing together. Like, when they walk in on Kilmer trying to shoot up Wendell... And they all stand up to him. They all say they quit. They're out. They're not going to – like when Mox quits, he's like, all right, Tweeter, you're going to take the steps. He's like, no, sorry, coach. I'm out too. I'm out too. And Billy Bob's like, I'm out. Like everything building from that to Kilmer attacking Mox and then leaving. And, and it's like the one moment he's finally kind of pathetic himself. He's like, I want you to believe in me. Like, come on. We're going to do this. And he goes out. He's clapping his hands. And it's just like that shot of him like just alone in the hallway – he realizes it's all over, and he finally just like kind of slowly walks away. You only yep. see him one other time, just in his office yeah. later, just kind of staring at his reflection in one of his trophies. Like, so I, I, that whole scene was great. That was between a good the speech and everything else. Okay, what's yours? Pretty much right after that. I think that kind of like that that when they the second half the second half pop yeah. out. So that's the one thing that kind of got me fired up. Like I said, with the music and everything, you're like, okay, like now now we're getting into some football here, you yeah. know, and that's what you want. You want that peak, but then. For me, it, it, it like it that off with the hook and ladder play. I know I don't like the hook and ladder play yeah. at the end, but but it led right into that. That was one of the better, you know, better spots. You know, so I like that. As far as the, we know what the most famous quote is. You know, with Vanderbeek's "I don't, I don't want, want your life." life yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything else besides that that stood out to you? Yeah, I wrote down a bunch of quotes. Let me find them here. I know one of them was uh, when they're at the party and you first see Darcy Ali Larder's character, and she walks by, and <laughs> I love the mocks. He, he's like, why don't you ever dress like that? He says to his girlfriend, that has got to be the number one 
line of things you don't say to your, <laughs> to girlfriend. your girlfriend. Right. <laughs> and, and Amy Smart, uh, Jules, she has a great comeback line. She's like, it takes a lot of money to dress that cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that was pretty good. That that was one I liked. But uh, yeah, there, this is it's a very quotable movie. Um, between Tweeter, most of them I can't I can't repeat Tweeter's <laughs> quotes because they're they all revolve around crime and statutory rape and drinking and driving and everything else. Um, I don't think there's any question that Tweeter's in jail after this movie. Like, within yeah. a year. Well, Mox nowhere. even asked him, he's like, Tweeter, you think you're going to like it in jail? In prison, right? Yeah. 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 Once he doesn't have the uh, protection of the West Canaan football team aura around him, like, he's he's going down right. for something. Yeah. He's probably still going to think he's invincible and end up uh, serving 20 to life or something. Yep. What what's your favorite quote? I, no, I wouldn't say a favorite one. I said the most the famous one is just the you know I don't want your life one. You and, know? and and so. quotable movies are the ones that kind of stand the test of Absolutely. time when you've got so Absolutely. many things to draw. What well, one other one I wanted to mention, which I when I watched it a bunch of times before, it wasn't one that even stood out to me. Like I'm sure I left in the moment, but this time I was dying. And obviously it's a little bit uh, politically incorrect. But when Mox is in the convenience store and he's there with his brother, he's he's getting condoms because he thinks he might be going to Darcy's house and have a chance to get with her. And, and his little brother, who we still – we'll talk about it, just totally ridiculous with all the different <laughs> religious things he's trying out. But in this moment, he's uh, decided he's a Muslim and that Allah is the one true God. And Mark says to him, he's like, do you think Allah would uh, would do Darcy if he had the chance? He's like, I think he would. It's like such a ridiculous line. Whoever wrote that, like, hats off. So so ridiculous, but yeah, we get into a little bit about the parallels between this and Friday, Friday Night Lights. So Friday Night Lights came out, the TV series came out in two thousand six. So mm-hmm. seven years later, this show comes out. And what I year think, was the movie? Do you know? Because that came out before. The movie's great too. The somewhere between. Yeah, some, actually, no. The movie. Um, I was saying earlier how they were rushing to get this movie out. They were trying to get this movie out before the Friday Night Lights movie. So, oh, um, so they knew they, they, knew they that had was taken com- a lot from it. Because I know Friday Night Lights was based off of a book. Yeah. That was a good book. I read that back in the day. But yeah, they they definitely stole liberally from Friday they, Night Lights. They did, this. yeah. And a different tone. Each movie has a different tone. Yeah. I mean, the movie has, you know, Billy Bob Thornton in there. Yep. Uh, who I, I just love him. Like, he's, he oh, yeah, gets he's a bad great. rap. But I love him and so many things that he's in. Like, I mean, going back to even the Bad News Bears. What's his bad you know rap? What I mean, you what, know? what's wrong with Billy Bob? Um, this Billy Bob. <laughs> I think his personal life is probably his bad rap. Like, but the, we'll, having a vial of Angelina Jolie's blood. <laughs> is that maybe that's? Does it. that bother you? <laughs> that doesn't bother me. But I, I, I like the guy. I think we got to get a few Billy Bob movies on here because we could get into some. Oh yeah, some Billy Bob. Stuff, He's always right? good. The comparison to me was I don't want to call it a like a, a sequel to this movie because if this movie doesn't need a sequel, it'd be just. Twitter in prison and, you know, <laughs> you know, different things, right? But, yeah, I think that uh, a lot of parallels between, like, the movie and the show to this one. I mean, you just – it's football. It's Texas. Like, that's football's life. I thought that the Friday Night Lights show did everything, like, eight times better oh, than yeah. what we saw here. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. You know what I mean? You just have a lot more character development. It was awesome. So the question at hand was, is this show worthy of any kind of sequel or spinoff? And I think we feel that Friday Night Lights was already that. So I don't think it needs anything. At this yeah, point. Friday Night Lights is the better version of it. It's, it's more heartfelt and sincere. This is more like just 
of that era, just politically incorrect, over the top. It's it's yeah. fun for what it is, but yeah, Friday Night Lights kind of improved on it in every way. It solved that problem. Yeah. You know? w- one thing I didn't notice until I rewatched it these couple times, um, he's only in it for like five seconds, but Jesse Plemons, who has gone on to be a big-time actor now, he, I just watched uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. He had a big role in that, but he was in uh, Friday Night Lights, the TV show. He had a pretty big role in that. And he was Lance's little brother in this, Paul Walker's yeah. little brother. Yep. You just see him at the barbecue for like five seconds. But I actually had to rewind it because I watched it. He was on screen for like a second. He said like one thing, like egg in the mon. I was like, holy crap, was that Jesse Plemons? I rewind it, and it was. I I double-checked it just to Google it, and it was. I was like, oh, that's a nice little tie-in between yeah. that and Friday Night Lights. Well, you know what's funny? Um, just to tie it a little further, Coach Taylor and Friday Night Lights. Uh, so his name's Landry in the show. But yes. he, he calls him Lance. He's like, Lance, get over here. He's oh, like, oh, my yeah. name's Landry. Oh, I didn't think about and that. that's uh, Lance Harbour. That's yeah, Paul Walker's Paul Walker, character. That's his older brother in that. I don't think there's anything – Has one has anything to do with the other, but I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, cool little overlap though. But yeah, Friday Night Lights, like you get the same storyline of the cheerleader. The, the star quarterback is with the head cheerleader. Star quarterback gets hurt. Cheerleader yeah. moves on from him. In Friday Night Lights, it's a little bit more believable. Yep. And not as quick that she drops him like in the hospital room, basically. Well, you got a, se- a, a season to do rather than yeah, definitely. You know. They've got a lot more time, so they they use it well. But yeah, you've got the I don't remember. I don't think this was in the show. I think it was more in the movie. But the thing about the the black running back doing all the work and not being able to score the touchdowns. Yeah, Booby Miles was the running back in yep. uh, the movie Friday Night Lights. Smash Davis. Oh, I mean the TV show. Smash. Smash. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Smash was in the TV show. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, and and talking about like a a sequel or spinoff, I did read that a TV show was in the works for Varsity Blues. Mm. Um, first at CMT, Country Music Television, in 2016, and then in, on Quibi, R.I.P. Quibi, in 2019. Um, but they never really got off the ground, I guess. So yeah, there there is no sequel or anything. Either. I don't think there's any talks of it happening no. anymore. But yeah, Fr- Friday Night Lights is definitely if if you can only watch one. Texas high school football movie or or show, I think that would be the one. Is it Remember the Titans in Texas also? No, it's uh, Virginia. That's more in in the, is it Virginia? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely Friday Night Lights is the go-to. Yeah, I I would agree. Uh, If you do a football movie or show now, like higher expectations, clearly, at least for me, you know, because you got to have the good scenes. You got to have, as they've made them over the years, so from 99 until whatever the, the latest one is out, like even in the Friday Night Lights TV show, like you had some good football scenes in there, you know. But what you also have is you have a coach that you believe is a good coach, you know what I mean? Oh, he's a total opposite of Kilmer. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. Like you just, you know, a lot of emotion, a lot of drama built up in there, and uh, it's just it's fantastic. Can can you picture Kilmer? Uh, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. No, like no. that's not his motto <laughs> at all. No. It's not like, at all. Get in there and win, or I will destroy your life. <laughs> it's a little bit right. different. Right. But anyway, so there you go. You get those things there. We were talking a little bit about the, like all the different teen movies, or high school movies, if you will, that were out. So I was trying to think of any alternate castings that could have been in this movie. The only one that I read that almost happened was Chris Klein. I read that too. Right? Yeah. So because Billy Bob thought he was too tall. Yep, I read the same thing. <laughs> right. So if you don't know who Chris Klein is, uh, American Pie. He was. Uh, I forget his name in American Pie, but. Uh, so he missed out on that. Yeah. He's but, a, I know you did last summer. He was in that. He, he's in a few things. Oh, but but okay. I got to say, I know James Vanderbeek gets a lot of crap for his acting. Like, I don't think he's bad, but he's not like winning any awards. But 
this is probably bad. I'm just going to slander Chris Klein, but I feel like anytime I see him in a movie, he's just, he's, he's like a mannequin. He just can't act for anything. Yeah, so I, I think they made the right decision to go with Vanderbeek. If it was between the two of them, then they made the right call. He's got more charisma for sure. I guess Joshua Jackson was uh, up for the role as well. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that. that. He's overall, he's a better actor. I don't know. So Vanderbeek won in the end. So, so that was the postscript but, to Dawson's Creek. I yeah, guess. there you go. <laughs> um, I don't know who has more athletic talent. I mean, Vanderbeek, clearly didn't have too I'm much. I think if I've seen Joshua Jackson has, I would say had a better career, but I don't know if I've seen him in an athletic kind of role. No, before he was on either. fringe. He was really good. He's been in a lot of things, but yeah, but he could have played it. I mean, like we said, Vanderbeek wasn't the one actually throwing the football. So right. If you're already subbing in a quarterback, <laughs> yeah. you know, who, who delivers the better speech, who has the more charisma at the time, you know, maybe at the time it was Vanderbeek. Yeah. I like Vanderbeek though. Like we said, like this was his high point. And like this is like if you mention him, this and Dawson's Creek. I honestly, I think this will kind of stand the test of time a little bit more. Like kind of associated with him, whereas Joshua Jackson's been in a lot of things. He's gone on to a lot more success uh, in movies and TV and everything. So yep. I, I like that Vanderbeek got this one, and he, he was fun in this movie. Okay, the only one I thought they could have switched out for, um, you could have brought in uh, Sean William Scott to play Tweeter Stifler. Stifler. Oh God, yeah. I mean, interchange those two in either role. Yeah done you know i mean twitter did a good job i love scott Kahn. like he did fantastic if he wasn't available St- stifler would have been a good pick that was you know yeah they they, they could have played brothers in a movie like twitter and <laughs> could you imagine yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that'd be great you stick a going on a rampage two. yeah oh good lord good call on that's, him that's dangerous you know another guy that was hanging out there freddie prince jr you know i don't know who he would have played maybe maybe lance harbor i feel like you i know. don't like him either no pro- <laughs> his I mean, acting is kind of Kind yeah, of, he's a little. Oh, you know what? He's a little stiff. Maybe we got to edit this. I don't know, but I'm thinking of Freddie Prince Jr. When you said Chris Klein, Freddie Prince Jr. is the one in I know you did last summer, and he's not yeah. in American Pie. I'm, I'm conflate. I, I think they're both kind of bad. So I'm, in my head, they're kind of the same person. So maybe just keep it in. I'm not a fan of either one of them. So so Freddie Prince was um, the lead, and she's all that. Yes, right. So he's okay. You know, he doesn't have any roles that you're like, oh, man, what a fantastic actor. Like, he was in, like, Scooby-Doo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's, he's been in plenty of things. Like, I don't I don't yeah. hate him at all. They're like, he's he's vaguely handsome. Let's put him in the movie, and that's about all he brings well, to there the you table. Go, right? Um, but I think he might have a little more athletic skill if we were sticking him in a quarterback-type role. But I think there was a lot of actors to choose from in this time frame, but maybe budget was a factor. Maybe they were already committed to something. I didn't go that deep on what Freddie Prince Jr. was doing, like, during the months of this, you know what I mean? Yeah. But overall, I mean, the casting was good. I just thought that they missed out on being able to cast like another, like like a defensive lineman yeah, or no a defensive defense. end or something like that. Like that's something the story just missed out on. So maybe next time, I mean, yeah, we'll see, right? <laughs> Talked a little bit about the soundtrack for this. Um, I loved it. I mean, being on MTV, I mean, Van Halen, Green Day, Foo Fighters, Offspring, yeah, there like, goes my hero. I, I meant to mention that when Billy Bob catches the hook and ladder and goes in, it's there goes my hero by yeah. Foo Fighters, which is a pretty good choice. Mm. So getting the license to those is pretty good. You know, you don't see a lot of movies these days with soundtracks, with actual music. You know, you get the scores, you get whatever is like theming from one scene to the next thing. And with like current, like right contemporary music. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to paint it with a broad brush here, but I think the last time I remember seeing a new song was when the Avengers came out the first Avengers movie there was an audio slave song that came out and I okay. have that on one of my playlists because I'm like oh good you know good song any other Marvel movie specifically beyond that there's no music on like there's no song like like when you go back to like Transformers 
when yeah. Linkin Park was doing like original yeah. songs. Like I love that because I'll listen to those songs and I'm like, oh, I want to watch this movie. And I'll do the same with the Audio Slave song. I'm like, oh, I think I yeah. might want to watch Avengers again. Well, I mean, you could tie it into Paul Walker too. Like when in the Fast Seven, I guess it was the uh, I See yeah, You the Again, Kali, the Kali the, song, the Wiz Khalifa. Wiz, yeah. yeah, Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. So you're right, but that's exactly right. You hear that song, that's who I think of. I think that's a lost art in movies these days. I think that and maybe there's a licensing issue where you have to find a band that will create either a new song or let them reuse one of their old songs. Yeah. You know, but but I'd like to see that more in movies. If I was ever producing movies or directing movies, I'd probably push for it. I say that now without knowing any budgets or <laughs> what's involved in it, right? But yeah, movie like this is perfect though. Like like of a time period of like high school age, like that that's like kind of ripe for using that current yeah. soundtrack, I think. Well, think even um, even remember the Titans. You know, there's a lot of like songs from like the older the, stuff, seventies. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hear those songs, Stevie like, Wonder and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, these like it just makes me think of these parts in movies. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, Forrest Gump is a. I mean, forget about it, right? Like, <laughs> it's got everything in there. So, so yeah, that's a, like I said, a lost art in my opinion. But this one, particular, this this soundtrack's pretty good. Did you have any? Besides, maybe what we've already talked about, any major issues with this movie? No, there's lots of nitpicks. Like, like you said, there's no defense at all. There's no coaches visible after Kilmer goes away. But I don't know. They're all in good fun. It's it's this is not meant to be uh, the the movie you study for football class. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not the blueprint for uh, yeah for that yeah, stuff. There, sure, there's a lot of plot holes. I, I actually noticed. Uh, when they're making the comeback at the end, the scoreboard is wrong. They're down like I think seventeen to seven, but it says fourteen to seven, and then they score a touchdown, and it says seventeen to seven. <laughs> so bad editing. Yeah, it was all <laughs> off. Yeah, it's if you just nitpick this movie to death, there'd be nothing left. But uh, I'll choose not to do that. <laughs> if you um, and I meant to write down the name of this thing too, but if you look at the scoreboard, I think of this because after watching like any Tarantino movie where he creates his own kind of brands and products. Like he doesn't use like Coke or Pepsi and right. product placement, right? The scoreboard has a pharmacy ad and it's like, you know, West Canaan pharmacy or whatever it is. Yeah. And I uh, forget the slogan. I meant to write it down, but it says something like we, we control your pain or, or like, oh, it's, it's, it's something like something totally cheesy. And I was like, Oh, that's great. But there's yeah. four little ads for four things on it. And I paused the TV on the widescreen and I was like, Oh, let me, Oh man, I didn't even like. pick up on that. Yeah. It's just something silly. Like I thought that was kind of a missed opportunity. Like they could have done some ad placements there or been a little more creative. And maybe that was creative at the time. I don't know, but. Um, that's where my brain goes when I'm watching these things. I'm like, oh, let me look at the background images and yeah. see. Like, it's those little details you think when they're putting the movie together. But again, I don't know what budgeting and maybe you don't care at yeah. that point, you know. Maybe the pain, that, that was a reference to uh, Kilmer when he asks Wendell uh, how he's doing. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm tired. And he's like, never show weakness. He's like, I think the line was, the only pain that matters is the pain we inflict on the other team. The other team, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, this, this is a real good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you ask then? <laughs> real real stand-up character there, yeah. yeah. Um, so as far as, uh, I don't think this movie won any awards, maybe some MTV awards, but definitely not any good acting yeah, awards. Yeah, I, I or... think Vanderbeek won like MTV Breakout Star or something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which w- makes sense. Wasn't in the Oscar race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at characters in this, like, is anybody in this good at their job? <laughs> right? So mm. uh, clearly... We think Kilmer's not a good coach, so he's nope. not a, not a good at his job. Um, we talked a little about the the sheriffs in town. It's horrible, <laughs> horrible. He'll let them steal horrible. cop cars, drinking. You you're not like the coach 
tells you to calm down and you're yeah. like, oh, sorry, coach. You know, no problem. I'll Miss get- Davis, like if you're going to be stripping, maybe go a couple towns over to, <laughs> right. so you don't <laughs> run the risk of this happening. Well, because everybody's parents there. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, you're at the local landing strip. Yep. Also true. Who is also good true. at their job in this movie? The convenience store clerks just giving beer away to yeah. underage kids. Nothing. I don't. I don't know. I guess the doctor he operated on Lance, and it seemed to have gone well. That's, the doctor's the only one. He's yeah. not on the take. You know, <laughs> he's like all the scar tissue. I'm surprised they have problems. I don't know. Yeah, anything about the team it. doctor. No, they're just sacrificing the kids for Kilmer's. Yep. Championships. His agenda. Yep. Yep. For sure. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of any extra stuff we had in here. Uh, the kid, the little brother, Kyle. Oh. Um, four four religions is what Just I counted. Baffling character choice. I don't know what yeah. they were going for. That that was weird. <laughs> Did you notice the the beer? Uh, they were drinking Budweiser labels, but it just said beer. I didn't even realize that. Yep. No. So again, no product placement. Like that's something yep. where you know maybe you could have worked something out with Budweiser or something. But Budweiser didn't want to be associated with stealing cop cars and driving <laughs> <drunk>. <laughs> underage drinking. Like, yeah. You know, so that's, that's where they draw their line. Like yeah. that's <laughs> that's a little strong. Anheuser Busch. Yeah. You know? PR, PR got involved and was human resource. Like we, we can't do this. So a fun fact too. So in the movie they play uh, Thunderstruck by ACDC. Yes. But the the song on the soundtrack is actually a cover. It's not ACDC on the soundtrack. Really? Yeah. I was, guess they couldn't get the license for maybe, that or something. Yeah. That, I thought that was kind of weird. I thought it was in there. Uh, unless they do both, but I looked it up quick and I was playing it. I'm like, this is an ACDC, like because oh. I dig the song Thunder. Fun fact on the fun fact that was my walkout song for my wedding reception. Nice, yeah. there you go. <laughs> nice. I mean, that's such a song that gets you pumped up. Like that yeah. should be in every sports movie. That song. Like, yeah, that's a well put it's together. O- song. Always good. Unanswered questions we haven't talked about. You got any unanswered questions for after the movie? I mean, Mox kind of wraps it up with the voiceover, but for me, I know he said Kilmer never coached again. I like to imagine he just kind of blew his brains out or something yeah. like he's such a yeah, where's he gonna character. go after this yep. yeah that's true I-, I wonder what happened to Darcy like did she ever get out of West Canaan did- was she just stuck there living a crappy life but I- yeah I don't know if you had any no no I think most of them I sprinkled into to everything else that we were going through yep some of the stuff like you know it's good to speculate but then I'm like I don't think I'd want to watch a sequel to this a sequel to this would be straight to VHS yeah you know just there'd be zero budget what would be nice is that if someone involved in it, like this is what I'd want to see is maybe, maybe like a podcast that doesn't co- like, like let's use some imagination or, or like a, uh, a graphic novel of some sort, some storyboards of what, Oh, here's what actually happened. You know, yeah. and let your imagination go. Like, uh-huh. you know, that, that would be something that'd be nice if you, if you had characters, I think that people sunk into, I don't think this movie delivers a lot of, characters that you want to know like when we talked about the movie warrior and we were like oh what are these guys doing after like you just yeah you, you want to know about their lives and these here they walk off the field and i'm like great i think you get the full picture on all the characters yeah. here it's it pretty much wraps it up i think so too. like the, these guys are for the most part are not going to change like we know that mox went on to brown everybody else probably stayed there and like became their parents basically they had kids and put them through football and everything so yep yeah, I, I think we get the hint. Yep, Texas forever. Uh, do we miss anything else? Anything else on your list that we didn't get to? No, I think we talked about most of it. I mean, I'm sure there's some quotes we missed. There's so many, so many great quotes in the movie. But uh, I did like, like you said, West Canaan is a fictional town. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It kind of has a biblical sound to it um, because, like, football is the religion there. And then going into that, too, the the dad, uh, Mox's dad, 
finally comes down on the younger son. He's like, you got to stop with all these religions. Like, you're healthy. You're going to play football. And that, understand me, that's that. So, yeah, just the way they hammer home, like, football's a way of life. Football is everything. Football's all that matters. Like, they really spend the whole movie doing that. And- well, all right. Well, there we go. Uh, Varsity Blues, if you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing. But if you have seen it, go watch it again. And if you find something more that maybe Terrence or I missed, something that we want to talk about, let's do it. You know, I don't know if we'll do a, a – we'll redo Varsity Blues, but I definitely want to hear more about it, see what's happening. So I would definitely be interested to know if somebody watched this movie for the first time now in like 2023, 2024, what their take would be. Mm-hmm. Because it like there's a lot of stuff that like you can't really say or do now. Um, so if someone watching it for the first time, like for us – We've got that nostalgia for it. We watched it 24 years ago, whenever it was. So, like, you can kind of transport yourself back to that time period. But for some of it, like, like, I would like, what what would a high school, like an 18-year-old high school student watching it now for the first time, what would they think? I would be very fascinated to, to know that. I bet their takes would be very different I, than ours. I want a high school student that plays football yeah. and see how how accurate some of the yeah. some of the motives are. Probably not very, hopefully not very, but you never know. Yeah, I think there's a tweeter in every school. You know, Probably, yeah. Perverted sex addict or whatever. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for listening to Terrence and myself, and we'll see you next time.